place. We glorify you in you alone. It does not matter what's happening in the world. You are present. It does not matter what's happening in our lives. You are present. Our jobs, our marriages, our relationships, our finances, you are present. I thank you that we're not confined by Sunday mornings to praise you. But you inhabit our praises any moment we open our mouths. So we glorify you in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. You will not be grieved. You will not be offended. I give you complete reign and authority. I ask you to articulate the Father's heart through my voice to your people. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, little kiddos, you guys can be dismissed. Man, we could have did another song. Well, good morning. Did everybody sleep well? Was anyone tempted to sleep in because of the rain? Come on, somebody. Lord, have mercy. What well, is an honor to be here with you this morning? Um, thank you, Pastor Garrett, for the honor. I don't count it um, lightly to stand before you. And so my heart desire, anytime I preach, is I have one agenda, and that's to provoke you to righteousness. So that's my assignment this morning. And I want to talk to you. We began this conversation with the panel a few weeks ago about this idea of a mature love. <clears throat> and as everything is happening in our country, I am tired of the church not leading in this space. It seems like we're always reacting instead of leading, right? The key to a great driver isn't if you can drive, it's if you can respond, right? And so the difference between reacting to something and responding to something is you have to respond from what someone else does, right? I almost failed driver's ed because I did check my blind spot. Come on, somebody. That was a huge emphasis, right? And so it's time for us to lead in this space. And I believe the world is looking for something. Do you know more Bibles have been sold this year than any other time in history? This year alone, 2020 is not even over. The world is looking for something. They're not looking for religion. They're not looking for a church. They're looking for a person. And his name is Jesus. But I believe our response to what's happening in the world has to be from a place of what I call a mature love. It has to be from a space to what God has displayed through our lives to people. And that takes humility. So we got to realize our lives aren't about us. It's always about him. But see, we've been conditioned to love if. I'll love you if you cool, you got swag, you got money. Come on, somebody. I'll love you if you look like me. We've been raised to condition to love if. I'll love you if you love me back. We've always been conditioned to love because. I'll love you because you're beautiful, talented, smart, rich, or the position that you have. 
But that's not the God kind of love. As we know, there's four types of love. Let me give you these really quick before I get to my message. There's this idea that love is given by accident. Like, how do you fall in love? You don't fall in love. If you fall in love, you can fall out. Love is a choice. Come on. I'm about to preach. But we know that's eros love. Uh, this is a sensual love or sexual love. The world don't need a sexual love. I love Marvin Gaye, but we do not need sexual healing right now. There's this idea of phileo love, right? We know that's a friendship love. The world doesn't need a friendship love right now. There's this idea of storge love. That's a phileo love or family love, which is great. But the world doesn't need a family love right now. I am convinced that the world needs agape love. Agape love is a love lavished on others without a thought whether they are worthy of it or not. Let me repeat that. Agape love is a love that's lavished on others without a thought of whether they are worthy of it or not. It proceeds from the nature of the giver, not from the attractiveness in the beloved or receiver. For God so agape, the world. See, God knew it couldn't be me to give my son for you because I wouldn't do it. Come on, somebody. Thank God for Abraham because a brother would have said no. Do you know Abraham set the precedent for God to give his only son? If that was Lamore's Day Crawford, y'all would have been jacked up. Because I love my son. Why? Because it got me as a choice. See, I could look at you and say you don't deserve it. But God looks at you and says you does. This is the same love he expects for us to give people who don't deserve it. Lord have mercy. This type of love is a commitment, not a feeling. Let me read the text for you. It's somber in this place for some reason. 1 Corinthians 13. 13 verses. We've seen this. We've read it at weddings, right? We've seen it at different spaces. But do you know Paul alluded to love 21 times in 13 verses? So that means in 13 verses, he's talking about agape love. Are y'all with me? Let's read the text because my opinion does not matter. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not agape, I have nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not agape, it profits me nothing. Love is, suffers long, long, it is kind, it does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things. Love never fails. Agape love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they all fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will all vanish away. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is mature, Lord have mercy. But when that which is mature has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, or when I became mature, what did I do when I became mature? I put away childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face now I know in part, but that or then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, agape, these three, but the greatest of these is agape, a mature love. Now, it's interesting that Paul would write this text because Paul had issues. Isn't that what you love about the Bible? You know what I love about the Bible is God shows everybody weaknesses. Isn't that interesting? How do you know the Bible is real? Because I would have never penned my weaknesses. David is in heaven, still hearing the stories of what he did. Come on, somebody. Paul, who persecuted the church, said, love never fails. In other words, the key verse I want to talk about this morning is verse 11. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke about love as a child. I understood love as a child. I thought, come on, somebody, about love as a child. In other words, Paul had to mature in his love. Lord, have mercy. See, this type of love can only be displayed from a new heart. If you are not born again in this room, everything I'm about to say is going to go over your head. Because you cannot give the God love without having the God kind of heart. The Bible says you must be born again. He didn't ask you to. If you're going to love like he loves, you must be born again. One great Bible teacher, my favorite Bible teacher, Chuck Missler, said this. He said, love must be sovereign in the heart. The power of your tongue is not the extent of your vocabulary, but the depth of your heart. Jesus said, talking to Nicodemus, I surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To see the kingdom means to see the way God does things. So if you don't got God's heart, you can't see how he sees. See, we're raised with a set of lenses. I was taught this way. I was raised this way. But if we're going to be like God, we got to have his heart. And that comes by being born again. We can remedy that if you need help. Come on, somebody. So agape love is a kingdom love that can only be seen from the born again believer. Come on, somebody. What does it mean to mature? It means to fully develop. It means having reached the most advanced stage in the process. Come on. So let me give you three keys to a, to a love. It is a different spirit in this place for some reason. Maybe it's me. So Paul said we must mature in love. If Paul had to do it, if you read any person in the Bible, all of these men matured in love. The whole, this whole thing is foundational in love. So if we're going to change the world, we got to love it first. Not love the ways of the world. We got to love them into the kingdom. Come on. And that ain't having a biases. That ain't having an opinion about somebody who, in which is different than what God thinks about them. Come on. This is the image issue. The moment you see yourself the way God does is the moment you can love like he loves. Come on, somebody. Wasn't this the precedent and why God created man in the first place? 
He made man in his image. He took a selfie and made man. You look like your daddy. God wanted himself walking on the earth. So the temptation had nothing to do with the tree. That dude could have ate any tree he wanted. Satan could have ate anything he wanted. He didn't care about no tree. He wanted the image. Because the moment he gets your image, he can distract you from your purpose. So, so before Adam was, he saw God. Right? He was the lead worshiper in heaven. He knew what God looked like. So this brother's walking through the garden and thinks he sees God on the earth. What is you doing here? Come on, somebody. That's why the moment you embrace your culture over kingdom, you lose. Because you wear the image of God before the color of your skin. Come on. I'm not a black man in America. I'm a black man who is a Christian in America. Come on, somebody. My image and identity is in him. That's only how I can love like he loves. It's quiet in this church. So Paul said, verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke about love like a child would speak about love. How many of you guys know your kids didn't love everything? Come on, somebody. My kids didn't love Ninja Turtles. I love Transformers. I love Disney. Come on, somebody. Kids love everything. Paul said, I need a new love language. If you're going to mature in your love, you got to change your language. We can't be talking about just love, right? I love that movie. Paul said, we, <laughs> when I was a child, I spoke about love as a child. What was he saying? I spoke about love like a child speaks about love. Our new love language should be seasoned with salt and grace. That's why if you're allowing any conversations that go present in your presence and you don't correct it, you let it go as fact. So if you hear language, them people, those people, come on, somebody. You got to correct that. If you're in conversations with people talking down to the image of God and you don't correct it, it's established. It's fact. I don't even let my friends call me the N-word. Come on, somebody. I never been a bud. Be offended. I love you. Because that's not who I am. You have no right to put a badge on somebody in which God has taken off. How you talk to your wife will develop an image in her. So don't be shocked when she say things that's shocking you. Because you let the image go. You don't speak to who she is. You speak to who God says she is. Why? Because that's what love does. See, when love sees you, it keeps no record of wrong. The enemy's job is to remind you of your yesterdays. God's job is to remind you of who you are now. There is no past in love. It can't. So why you keep bringing up things in the past to your spouse? It adds no value. Because love keeps no record of wrong. Now, we have to mature in this thing. Do you know we're the only religion that calls for maturity? No other religion calls for you to wake up and grow up. 
See, Jesus saved us the way that we were, but he does not intend for us to stay the same. We see it all through the scripture. I desire to give you meat, but you couldn't get off the milk. Paul said, I desired for you to mature. Why? Love is a choice. But you got to change your language. Whatever is in our hearts will make its way through our mouths. It's in there. Come on, Luke 6, 45. What did Jesus say? A good man out of the good treasure. What kind of treasure? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. See, I know if you have agape love by what's crossing the borders of your lips. Once those words cross the border, you can never get them back. You can put a wall up all you want. Come on, somebody. You ain't getting them back. Do you know sound and light never stop traveling? That's why you could be sitting at your desk and randomly a thought could come to you about what your sixth grade teacher told you. I remember being at Home Goods or something with my wife one time. And this old lady walked past and had this perfume on. I said, Miss Brown. She's here. Because Ms. Brink told me I wasn't going to amount to anything. Isn't that interesting? Ms. Brink's words still flashes randomly in my mind. What about you and I? What words is flashing in the mind of someone else because of what you said and I said? What does a mature love do? It changes language. I love you because God loves you. I serve my wife. I love my wife like Christ loved the church. Come on, somebody. We're in the world, but we're not of it. Why? Because a mature love brings forth good fruit. If the word of God is in you, that's what's going to come out. So never complain about what you permit. Sow it. It's alive. Get it in you. If you get it in you, it works effectively in you. It doesn't say it works effectively sitting on your desk. It didn't work effectively checking Facebook for two hours. Do you know whatever you expose your heart to, you will breathe faith for it? We got people in fear in this room because we watch too much CNN. And Fox for that matter. I don't care where you in. Whatever you expose your heart to, you will have faith for that thing. The more you expose yourself to God's word, it breeds faith. I would never walk up to an apple tree and expect an orange. What about you? Get what God want you to have in your heart so it can come out your freaking mouth. <laughs> Proverbs 15.4 says this. A wholesome healing tongue is a tree of life, but the perverseness in it breaks the spirit. We got broken spirit Christians because of what other Christians have said to one another. The prevailing sin in the church isn't adultery or fornication. It's not even lying. I believe the prevailing sin in the church is gossip. It's killed more churches than any other thing in America. Ever. Why? Because we've let things cross the border of our lips that it should never went across the border. Talking about the image of God. We all need to grow up, all of us. 
period, including myself. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm preaching to me. Y'all just hearing it. Come on. I want to grow up. I don't want to stay the same. That's so boring. You know how boring it is trying to be like somebody else? It's too boring. There'll never be another Lamorris ever. Why would I waste time trying to be like somebody else? I tell my son all the time, boy, your swag so deep, you'll make a submarine sink. <laughs> if Kanye steal my lyric, I want royalties. Come on, somebody. I just want to up my tab, Pastor. I just want to up my tab. So number one, if we're going to mature in love, we got to have a new language. I want to challenge you to talk like God talks, to speak like he speaks, to say what he says. It breeds something in you. I can't even get into this verse where Paul says we shall be like he is. You ain't even seen the new you yet. Get all the surgery you want. You still ain't seen the new you. Lose all the weight, bless God, but you still ain't seen the new you. Shave up. Get your hair curled, perm, colored, whatever. It ain't the new you. There's a you that you ain't never seen. It's going to rock you when you see you. But you ain't going to see you until you see him. Why? It's a mature life. Ah! <laughs> all right, all right, let me go. Let me go. Let me keep going. Lord, have mercy. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Number two, number two. If we're going to mature in our love, we must mature in our understanding of agape love. We must mature in our understanding of agape love. What did Paul say, verse 11? I understood as a child. What was Paul really saying? I understood love like a child will understand love. Now think about when a child understands something. What does it mean to understand? Catch this. To understand something means to perceive the intended meaning of. To perceive the intended meaning of. It also means, catch this, interpret or view something in a particular way. So to perceive something means to perceive the intended meaning of by interpreting it or viewing it in a particular way. All right, let me give you an example. I tell my four-year-old son, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. Don't touch it. What is that little sucker going to do? What are you going to do? Touch it. Why? He has no perceived meaning of why. Now, we know why. Come on, somebody. We didn't burn ourselves. He doesn't. Right? He has no idea the consequences of that decision. If we're going to mature in love, we got to understand the perceived reason for it. See, the problem, we still were the filter of a because or if love instead of an agape love. We got to understand that this is the only love that transforms. The intended meaning of love went to the cross. Love hung on the cross for you and I. And Satan thought he conquered love for three days. Come on, somebody. That brother was parading for three days. Now, three days in eternity is a long time. That brother thought he won. You can't bury love. It will rise again. Come on, somebody. And it did. Why? For you and I. So don't matter how... Has however anyone treated you, said to you, misplaced you, talked down to you, you got to rise again because it's in you. 
Love is in you. If you have the spirit of God in you, love is in you. First Peter said, you have an incorruptible seed. Incorruptible. To understand an apple seed, you got to understand in the DNA of an apple seed is everything it needs to produce. I don't have to manipulate it. In the DNA of a seed, it has everything it needs to produce. Right? Now, if we see the heart, my father, my, my father-in-law live on 12 acres. They live on two sides of like, I don't know, what, 60, 80, 100 acres of corn. And I'm from the project, so this term changed my life. Me have a July. Harvest, right? Farmers know they got a good harvest if it's at the knee by July. So every single time I go to my in-laws, that pops in my mind. Come on. Now the first planting, I didn't see nothing. But I knew what to see. Then I go there about a month later, you see this little thing popping up. Hold on. In the DNA of that seed, it's maturing. First Peter said, there's an incorruptible seed in you. You just have to expose it to the right things. Did not Jesus say the word is water? The word is light? What do you need for seed to grow? Your heart is the ground. But if you don't sow it, there's no harvest. My Lord Jesus, help me. We got to understand this. Are y'all with me? Our children has no patience to understand. Don't touch the stove. Come on. But agape is patient. Oh, my word. Are kids patient? No. When we try to teach them patience, they can't perceive the intended meaning of why they can't touch the stove. Why they have a lack of understanding. How can we mature in our understanding of agape love suffering long? When we are mature in our understanding of the characteristic of love, we need to understand that when we are wrong, agape love is still patient. Not only patient, but silent. He opened not his. All right. Anytime you read the Bible and you got an issue, just stick Jesus right in the middle. If you get stuck in any passage in the Bible, you know what? I'm going to put Jesus right there. Even Leviticus. Just stick him right in there. All of offerings that make total sense. Come on. Catch this. Jesus' love is patient and silent. He opened not his mouth. The Bible says he didn't beat and he didn't say nothing. How do you respond when you're mistreated? A mature love will get to the place where it don't say nothing. Are y'all with me? Stop responding to people's posts on Facebook. Are you kidding me? Them demons behind them computers. You can't tweet against no demon. You cast it out. Come on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And here you go. I can't believe Shaquita then said that again. We got a diverse audience. I can't believe Sarah said that again. I got examples for everybody. 
Lord Jesus, help me right now. So we have to understand the agape. This is something you must pursue. It don't happen because you come to church. You got to go after it. Come on, somebody. So we got to mature in understanding about love. Proverbs 18.2. A fool has delight in understanding, but in expressing, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. You don't want to express your own heart. You don't even want that thing. What did Jeremiah say? The heart is continually wicked. Come on, I want this thing. Get up out of me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Get it out. Only a fool wants to express his heart. I want, I want to express God's heart. We shouldn't be expressing the heart of, we should be expressing the heart of God, which is love. We must seek to understand love the way God loves, not the way culture does. We cool because we look alike. You expect me to do what you do because of the color of our skin, but I don't know what you're doing on your own. You can go march all you want, but you go back to singing, brother, we got issues. Come on, somebody. All of us in our little circles. Come on. Forget about that circle. We serve a king. Ain't no American flag in heaven. Not one. Ain't no Democrats in heaven. Ain't no Republicans. Ain't no black people. Ain't no white people. Did you know that? He is spirit. And if we're going to be like him, what we going to look like? Spirit. So if you racist in this room, you better pray you don't live next door to me. Because I'm going to have full court basketball rim, fried chicken. Come on, somebody. I'm going to have speakers outside my house. Come on, somebody. Hope y'all love chicken. I'm going to invite y'all over to eat some. And you can't burn chicken in heaven. It's perfect. Come on, somebody. You know the crisp on that thing going to be fluffy? Ain't even going to add no butter. Nothing. Come on, somebody. 1 John 4, 16. Let me hurry up. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is agape, and he who abides in agape abides in God and God in him. So if you don't abide in love, God doesn't abide in you. Hey, John said that, not me. I'm just quoting a brother. That's what he said. Come on. So if God is abiding in you, love should be shooting out of you. If love is abiding you, God is with you. That's what John said. You want me to read it again? And we have known. Do you know? That's the first question. Do you know? <laughs> we have known and believed. Do you know and do you believe? The love that God has for us. Look it up. That's agape love. Look it up on your own. He said the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love. Abides in God and God in him. That's a condition. God, man, y'all looking at me. Is that crazy? So here's my definition of a mature love. Are you ready? A mature love. A fully developed love 
that have reached the most advanced stage in the process by lavishing love on others without a thought whether they are worthy or not. That's the goal. Now, we are in the sanctification process. Come on, somebody. So this ain't going to happen in 24 hours. Let me just assure you. But we are in a sanctifying work that can only be done through the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own. There's no way in your natural ability to like somebody who hates you. Come on, somebody. In your own ability, there's somebody who persecute you, talk negative about you, you ain't going to walk up to them and give them a $100 bill. But the Holy Spirit in you will. Come on, somebody. I think I told y'all the last time I'm looking for the woman who murdered my mother. We want to take her out to dinner and love on her and let her know she's forgiven. Why? Because that's what love does. Come on. Yeah, she robbed my kids of ever meeting their grandmother. Took it. Served no jail time. But I love her. Because God loved her. Why? You wouldn't want your worst enemy to go to hell. You, if you really have a revelation of hell, you would not want your worst enemy there. So we got to make sure she's born again. That's more important to me than anything. I can't change the past. But I could chill with her in heaven. Come on. Now, 10 years ago, brother was struggling. You bring her name up, I'm ready to choke slam. Come on, somebody. But I matured in that area. Come on. I'm still working. Right? Now, if you read the text, Paul says, we know in part. So this is a sanctifying work till you die or Jesus crack the sky. But do you want it is the question. God will not bend your will. You have to, by your own will, mature your love. But he'll help you along the way. Why? He's your biggest cheerleader. Come on. We can do it. I got you. I gave you my word. I gave you my church. I gave you my spirit. Everything you need. Provo minutes. Number three, last point. We must mature in how we think about love. We must mature in how we think about agape. Paul said, I thought as a child. In other words, what was he saying? I thought about love like a child would think about love. Romans 12, 2, very familiar scripture. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many of you guys want to know what the perfect will of God is? I challenge you today, the perfect will of God is for you to love. I don't know how many times I read that verse. You got to do this to get the perfect will. It's almost like you get on a path to do something when you renew your mind. Right? That's normally how the verse is taught. God's perfect. When we think of God's will, we think of circumstances. Right? What if God's will is just doing, being like him? What if we're renewing our mind to be like our daddy? What if we're renewing our mind to love like our daddy loves? What if we're renewing our mind to give like our daddy gives? What if we're renewing our minds to pray for those who despitefully use us? What if that's his will? To love. So what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? I believe the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is agape love. It's mentioned 116 times in the New Testament, and Paul by himself used it 75 times. It's quiet in this church. If that is not an expression of the will 
of God, I don't know what else is. Let me finish with this story. Really quick, John 3. Let's see this played out with my brother Peter. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know Peter had issues? Just a couple people I'm grateful for in the Bible. Peter and David. You read their stories, I give your brother hope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, David, boy, that brother give me hope. Every time I read David's story, I preach they do, bro. I can't wait to get to heaven. Like, David, you my dog, bro. <laughs> you gave her brother hope. Y'all crazy? So very familiar verse. Y'all know this story. I'm going to read it because my opinion doesn't matter. And uh, what I love also about reading this is every time you see Jesus after the resurrection, that brother eating. <laughs> Soon as we go to heaven, we go into a feast. Come on, that brother love to eat. Come on. Verse 15, 21. John 21, 15. I didn't give him this because I wasn't sure I was going to use it, but I feel I am. I'm going to end with this. Are y'all ready? What are we talking about this morning? What kind of love? What kind of agape? A mature agape love. Here we go. John 21, 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? More than these, he said to him, Peter talking, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Hold up, Peter. I don't think you heard what the brother said. Peter, do you agape me? I phileo you. What did he say? Feed my lambs. What's a lamb? A baby what? Baby sheep. The baby sheep. These ain't trick questions, y'all. Oh, we're in Sunday school. I don't know if I can say the wrong answer. There ain't no wrong answer. 16. He said to him again a second time. Simon, son of Jonah. Every time, every time when you was a shorty, you do something bad, your mama called your full name. Lamoris Crawford. That's when I knew I was in trouble. Come on, this brother just called him out by his full name. Twice in a row. Do you agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I believe you. His brother did it. <laughs> he said to him, tend my, what I see. What I see, people. Somebody about to say something. We'll sit here all day. We got people online yelling it out. I can't hear you, bro. Like, I can't hear you, dog. You got to text somebody in here. Are you seeing the level he's trying to cause Peter to maturity? Are y'all with me? I ain't making this up. It's in the Bible. 17. He said to him, A, anytime anything is in Bible more than twice, it's emphatic. Surely, surely, I say to you. Are y'all with me? Is this making sense? I know y'all ready to go eat, but man, give a brother a few more minutes. Tend my sheep, Peter, grow up. I need you to move from a friendship with me to an intimate love for me. What did he tell Peter? Upon you, I'm going to build my church. 
So if we're trying to get them to a mature love, what is the church built on? He is the body. The body is? No. If we're the body of Christ, are y'all with me? The gates of hell cannot prevail against love. I'm about to throw this microphone. I'll buy a new one. All right, almost done. I'm sorry, almost done. Verse 17, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. He couldn't even get him to flock. The reason why God can get you to where he wants to take you is because you haven't matured in your love. You're still harboring something for people or someone or a situation where God wants you to grow up. Lord Jesus, my God, there's more responsibility for us in the kingdom, but it has to be rooted in love. We're getting people getting offended for dumb stuff. Offense is the bait of Satan. Music or you didn't say this or you didn't do this. Satan is picking us off one by one because we have not matured in our love. Lord Jesus, have mercy. So you know what happens. I'm done. You know what happens. The Holy Spirit comes and we see a whole new Peter. Why? Because you can't mature in love without the Holy Ghost. So you go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. How many guys know what the number 8 means? The number of new beginnings. If you read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, Peter actually used the word agape for the first time. All right, y'all don't believe me. I'm going to read it. Nope, nope, that's it. I'm reading it. 1 Peter 1, 8. Whom having not seen you agape, look it up, it's agape. Though now you do not see him, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter matured to a mature love. But he couldn't do it without the Holy Ghost. So I'm not sure your relationship with him, but you can't grow without him. In him, we live, move, and have our being. Come on, somebody. So if the world is going to be impacted by us, it's not going to be good preaching. It's not going to be a cool church with great worship. It's going to be a mature love. Because they're not seeing us respond like they do. Let me pray for y'all. May God, I love y'all. I love y'all for real. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the challenge of loving the way you love. It seems impossible, but I thank you that anything is possible because we believe. We believe your word. We thank you for the power of your spirit, the sanctifying process of you working through us, transforming us, igniting us to love like you love. Father, give us boldness in this season to love like you love. I just rebuke fear in the hearts of every person under the sound of my voice that we could break through to love like you love. Oh, Father, may our hearts, our understanding, the way we think and the way we talk about love mature. We're not where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we were. 
But I thank you even more that we don't park, but we keep moving towards you. We keep loving, submitting, walking in humility, thanking you and you alone, Father, for changing us into your image. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you.